was pretty. If you have your Bible, if you turn with me to Philippians 3.10. The title of my message today is Easter Power. The scripture says that I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. I wanted to ask you this morning, have you ever been to one of those helicopter egg drops where they ask uh, a whole bunch of people to get some of those plastic Easter eggs and they put candy inside of them and they take it up in a helicopter in a great big net and then they get all the kids down at one end of a field and they put a rope up so they, you know, put some excitement in it and all the kids have to get behind the rope and then the helicopter flies in and all the kids start screaming and then they let down one side of the net and all those eggs go everywhere, thousands of them. Well, the kids just go berserko. They run in there and grab as many eggs as they can and stuff them in their bag. And it's the most exciting time in their whole life. I mean, they just can't believe how much fun and how exciting that is. One of the little boys... Uh, that was out there partaking in all of that, his granddad was there. And after all the running around and picking up eggs was uh, done, uh, he was talking to his granddad. There wasn't any hurry then. And uh, he said, Granddaddy, how old are you? And the granddad teasingly said, "Uh, I'm not sure. And the grandson said, well... Look in your underwear. (laughs) On mine, it says four to six. (laughs) I want to ask you a question this Easter morning. What is it about yourself that you would like to change? What is it? Would you like to be more confident? Would you like to be more relaxed? Would you like to be more outgoing? Would you like to have less fear, less worry, less bitterness, less boredom? There are very, very few people who think that they have attained perfection. There are one or two, but of course they're crazy. I believe the number one question that is asked pastors all over America is this question. Pastor, why is it that I cannot change? I want to change, but I don't seem to be able to do it. I don't know how. I want to change, but I don't have the power to change. So these folks go to seminars and they read books and they go to conferences and they look for some painless cure that will zap their lives uh, to change us into people with self-discipline. We go on diets. We go to health clubs. Our enthusiasm lasts for about two weeks. And then it kind of goes back down uh, where we're not so excited anymore. And we go back to the same old habits. Where do we get the power to change? Well, I have great news for you. This is uh, Easter Sunday morning, and that's what uh, Easter's all about. 
the power that our Lord has and that he can give to each one of us. Philippians 3.10 says, All I want to know is Christ and the power of his resurrection. The word power is used 57 times in the New Testament. It's uh, a word that many people say depicts the most amazing and most powerful thing that has ever happened on earth. This man that was obviously dead was made alive again. He was stabbed, beaten, scourged, the whole thing. No way he could be alive. Yet he was alive. And he came back. And thousands of people saw him. No question about any of that. Even the secular historians agree on that. Paul said, I want to know the power of the resurrection. The Greek word for power is dunamis. We get the word dynamite from that. It's telling us that he wants to give us dynamic power. To live our lives by. A power to change our lives. Paul said he had a personal goal to know that power. And he prayed that others, that people like us, could find that power. And harness it for our own lives. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave over 2,000 years ago is alive and well today. It's here for you. It will change your life. What is resurrection power? Well, I want to talk to you about three different things uh, that depict the resurrection power. Number one, the resurrection power can cancel your past. Now, I'm not talking about all of your past. I'm talking about the part that you want to cancel. Uh, We're talking about our failures and our mistakes. We have those. When we say cancel, we're not talking about just denying this or denying that. Cancel means to eliminate. It is no longer there. The fact is everybody has regrets because nobody is perfect. I don't measure up to my own standards, let alone to the standards of God. Some people cannot let go of the past. And so what they do is they let the past control their present. They live in a state of regret. They say over and over and over again, if only, if only I had done this or gone there or been with that person or not done that. If only again and again and again. Do you know what God says? God says that is unnecessary. It is unnecessary for you to go around with a heavy load of guilt or hurt or memory of old mistakes. You don't need that. He has forgiven us of all of our sins. Praise God for that. Do you know what sin is? The word sin comes from an archery word. When a person was shooting a bow and arrow at a target and they missed, they said, That was a sin. You missed. And that's kind of the derivation of where that uh, came from. They missed the target. But look at the good news. God offers complete forgiveness. He cancels every record of our sin. 
I'm saying that Jesus knows the things that we have done wrong. Knows every one of them. But he did not come to rub that in. He came to rub that out. So we don't have it anymore. One of my favorite toys in the toy store for years was the little thing called Etch-A-Sketch. Do you remember that? It was, you know, you'd draw on it or write on it or do math on it or a picture, you know, whatever. And then you'd make a mistake. And the only way to correct your mistake was to turn it over and shake it. And then you turn it back up right side and everything is perfect. No mistakes. No mistakes. Well, the Bible says that is what God does to the mistakes that we have made that I've made, that you've made, when we come to him with a repentant heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah 31, 34, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. No more. Now that's got to be one of the most unbelievable verses in all the Bible because it's so wonderful. The God who made the universe can forget and does forget when we come to him in repentance. God chooses to forget all your wrongs when you come to him and ask for forgiveness. That is great news. That comes because of the Easter power. If you were to say today, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of all of the terrible things that I have done. I seriously in coming before you today, and I want you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to be cut loose from the horrible past that I've had. I want to place all my faith and trust in Christ, and I want to give my life to you. I want to make that commitment today. Well, and then if you were to die that night, and you were to wake up the next morning, you said, uh, God, I... I want to talk to you about a sin I had last week. God would say, what sin? I don't know about that sin. Some of you have made major mistakes in your life. I know I have. I'm sure you have. He would say, what mistakes? I don't, I don't know about those mistakes. Because God cancels your past. Do you know what uh, that does for you? It lets you live in the present. So many people want to live in the past. They think in some magical way they can go back and redo this or redo that. You know, sort of do something with this. Do, do something with that. You think you can do that? You can't do that. There's no way to do that. The question is if God forgets the sin the moment you confess it, Don't you think we ought to forget it? If he's forgotten it, we can forget it. You know, we we just can't keep beating ourselves in the head over something that we've done a long, long time ago. How long do you remember a bill once it's been paid? I don't remember it at all. I mean, I write the check, I put it in the envelope, and I send it off, and that's it. I never think of that again. Never. Someone has said that God takes all of your mistakes, all of your failures, after you have confessed them, and he dumps them in the deepest part of the sea. And then he puts a sign up there and it says, no fishing. No fishing. All right, secondly, to conquer, 
The, the resurrection power helps us to conquer our problems. All of our problems. You say, well, that's unlikely. I've got a lot of problems. It says the resurrection power can help us conquer all of our problems. The fact is, everybody has problems. It's a part of life. If you don't have any problems, you need to check your pulse. You know, you're, you're out there in some cemetery somewhere. Uh, way out there. Only people who don't have problems are those that really uh, haven't uh, worked their way through it theologically, spiritually. The real problem is what we do with our problems. We try to solve them in our own power, in our own strength. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Do you know how Webster defines conqueror? He says it is one who overcomes by gaining power. I have met lots and lots of folks, maybe a thousand who feel like their lives are out of control, just out of control. I've met, I don't know how many, hundreds of drug addicts. I was a chaplain at SMU years ago, and it was when all the drugs were just pouring in, and people came to me every day, one or two or three or four, saying, you know, I'm hooked on whatever this is, LSD. I'm I'm hooked on this. I can't get off of it. You know, there's a lot of people today that are hooked on opioids. A lot of people today that are hooked on this or hooked on that. And they can't seem to get off. You go to somebody and you ask them, how are you doing? And they say, well, I'm doing okay under the circumstances. Well, what are you doing under the circumstances? You know, we... We need to know that uh, circumstances are like a mattress. If you're on top of them, it's comfortable. You can go to sleep. You can move around. It just feels good whichever way you go. But if you get under the mattress, under the circumstances, you can suffocate to death. If you're on opioids, you know, if you don't do some radical stuff, it's going to kill you. It is literally going to kill you. We stay on top. The fact is, we can't control our circumstances, but we can control how we respond to them with the Easter power that is available to us. I know some of you are here saying, Pastor, you don't know my problems. i got a lot of problems. They're bad. This verse tells us that through Christ we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors. If we will put our lives in the hands of God and let the power of the resurrection work in our lives, there is nothing that can devastate us. Nothing. There is nothing that can swallow us up. There is nothing that can destroy us. That is the message of Easter. No matter how dark the situation is, God can turn it around. He has that power. No matter how helpless it is, God loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. He can do that. The same power that enabled Jesus to rise from the dead will allow you to rise over 
the worst of the problems that you have. It is the power to cancel your past. It is the power to conquer your problems. Thirdly, the resurrection power can change your personality. You're thinking, you can't change your personality. No way you can do that. Well, yes, yes, there is. What would you like to change about you? I asked that in the uh, first service, and some people were punching each other. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed that. What would your spouse like to change about you? Let's just say that. I heard one wife say, my husband is so temperamental. He's 90% temper and 10% mental. (laughs) A husband went to uh, his pastor for counseling. He said, I want a divorce right now, today. I want a divorce. And the pastor said, but you know, you made a vow before God that you would take her for better or for worse. Yeah, he said, but she was a lot worse than I took her for. (laughs) Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's so easy to get in the routine, the rat race of our world. There's a myth going around that goes like this. I can't change. I can't change. I've tried. I've worked hard. I've read books. I've tried to help my ego. I've tried to build up my willpower. I've gone to seminars. I've listened to CDs. But I can't change. Well, you're right. You can't change in your own power. I know you've tried. I've tried. I know you've tried. That doesn't work. But with God's power, there can be an unbelievable difference made in your life. There's one thing that will keep you from changing. One thing. One thing that will keep you from being the person that God wants you to be. It's not the devil. It's not other people. It's not God. It's not circumstances. It's one word. You know what the word is? Procrastination. That's the word. Procrastination is deadly. Oh, I have every intention of changing. Well, that isn't going to work. That's procrastination. Well, I I really want to do all this stuff right, and I, and I'll do it tomorrow. Intentions don't do anyone any good. I met so many people who are getting ready to live. But for some reason or another, they never have clicked the switch and started to live. I'm aiming to change. Have you heard that? I'm aiming to change. Somebody said, why don't you pull the trigger? Get on with it. Procrastination is fatal. One of these days, I'm going to spend more time with my family. One of these days, I'm going to get serious about being a Christian. One of these days, I'm going to get active in my church. 
One of these days, I'm going after my dream. I've had this dream all my life. One of my favorite movies is the movie The Ten Commandments. I'm sure everybody saw that at one time or another. It was on yesterday, in fact. I was flipping through the channels, and there was Yul Brenner right there. In the movie, Moses is trying to gain release for the Hebrew children, trying to get them out of bondage. To encourage Pharaoh to let his children go, God sends all these plagues on Egypt, terrible plagues. I don't know if you know this or not, but each one of the plagues made fun of one of the Egyptian gods. They, of course, didn't like that. Close to the end, God sent a plague of frogs. Frogs everywhere. There were frogs on the street. There were frogs in their house. There were frogs in their bed. It was driving them all crazy. Thousands, thousands, millions, I guess, of frogs everywhere. Frogs. Finally, Pharaoh called Moses and he said to him, listen, I'll let the children go if you'll get rid of all these frogs. We got to get rid of these frogs. Moses asked Pharaoh, when do you want me to get rid of the frogs? And he said, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Any space expert will tell you that any kind of fuel in a rocket is used up in the first couple minutes. Uh, It it takes tremendous energy to thrust, to get the rocket off of the ground. That's where all the power needs to be. Get it off the ground. The hardest thing in life is to get going. We want to put it off to tomorrow. But you got to start. You got to get going. It's one thing for me to come to you this morning and tell you that Jesus can cancel your past, which of course he can. He can conquer your problems, which of course he can. And he can change your personality, which he has done for a number of folks here today. And you will go outside and say, well, one of these days, maybe tomorrow. You know, it has to become personalized for it to work. What does the Easter season mean to you? Is it an ancient event? I hope not, because Jesus is alive today. He came out of the tomb. He's alive as much as you're alive. Listen, Jesus is not in that grave. He's alive even in this room with us this morning. He will give you the power to change, the power to change everything if you let him. Why not experience the power of Jesus this Easter? Why not quit saying tomorrow, tomorrow? We want to give an invitation this morning, invite you to come and trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Some of you haven't been here since Christmas. Or maybe since last Easter. Maybe today would be the day that you'd really like to do something with the Lord. You'd like to get into a rapport with Him. Today, on Easter Sunday. If the Lord would be leading you, 
The Lord would be tugging at your heart. You know that if he's doing that. Don't fight it. Fight it all. Embrace it. Because that's the love that will make all the difference in eternity for you. I'm going to stand down here at the front. We're going to sing the hymn. If the Lord leads you, just slip out and slip forward and take a stand for Christ today. Let's stand as we sing.